We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, Coachable family? Welcome back to the Coachable podcast. We're here in studio at the Wynn Las Vegas Hotel and Casino in Blue Wire Studios. And today, you guys are in for a treat. This is the first time we've ever done a live podcast from this studio. And we've got Josh Otusanya in the house. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm so excited that you're here. Welcome to Vegas. It's your birthday or it just was your birthday. Yes, yes. Happy birthday. Thank you so much. How can I ask? How old did you turn? Just turned 30. The big 30. 3-0. Welcome to your 30s. It's very fun. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I just feel like it just gets better and better. I just had, oh, just turned 32. Not, not, not too long ago. And um, yeah, I, I have this like mantra right now that life just keeps getting better and better. And I, I've enjoyed my 30s. So welcome. <laughs> Thank you. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. What did you do? Anything fun? What did have yeah. you have you celebrated properly in, in Vegas yet? Definitely, definitely. And then yesterday we had, we went out to what was it called? Or we had steak and everything. Oh, it was, nice. It's really good. Cool. Good meal. There's lots of good food in Vegas. Tons. Yeah. yeah. So you'll have to you'll have to check out all the good, like whatever you want, from sushi to steak to so just like Italian, everything it's here. And we were just telling, talking about this before the show, all the good shows and stuff that you need to check out before you leave. Yeah. Well, you guys, we're in for a really, really special cheat because if you don't know Josh already, which is pretty surprising because he has amassed <laughs> over 11 million followers on social media across TikTok, Instagram, YouTube. He's a comedian, he's a writer, and he has graced us with his presence today. Um, and I'm super excited, selfishly. I've been following you for, since I started on TikTok. And I, I believe it was around the same time because I saw that you were in the Creative Learning Fund initially, which is how I came across your content. So I've been following you since the first time I got on the, on the platform and I've watched you explode. I've watched your career take off and it's... No surprise because your content is epic. So I just want to first just like say congratulations on all the success you've had because you're a big deal. <laughs> Thank you. That really means a lot. And also, it's just really great to to meet you in person. Yeah. Because we've been connected for, well, like at least three years yeah. now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's, this is awesome. I know. I'm, I'm happy we're able to make this happen. I am too. And I appreciate you, you know, letting me know that you're in town because we'd, we'd tried to, we talked about doing this and then it made sense for us to do it while you're here for your birthday. And yeah, it's been like, it's, it's interesting when you have people that you're connected with only through social media and then finally being able to like see them in person, put a face to the name. I have a lot of dear friends that I've met through, through social media alone. I was just telling you right before we started filming that one of the reasons I moved out here was a girl that I had only met through social media. Um, it was like, hey, you, you you should come visit. And like, my door's wide open if you ever want to come like sleep on my couch and spend a couple of days. And um, it was that that type of relationship that ended in, ended me up out here. So it's it's cool to 
make connect the dots in that way. That's amazing. That's what's so cool about social media these days is there's just no boundaries yeah. to the type of relationships you can build. You can DM anybody. You can DM someone in Norway. I know. Homies tomorrow. You know? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, which is so fun because it, it kind of lowers this barrier to entry for connection, which I think we're all kind of craving. And But there's, you know, there's two sides to that coin. You can get out of it what you're looking for. I think in terms of connection and relationship building and community and that kind of thing. And it also obviously is you being in this industry in the same way I am knows a lot of people feel super isolated and more disconnected than ever too. Um, But that's one of the things I really, really like about your content and what you do, which we're going to get into. But before we do, I just want to get to know like you as a person, like that's like, where did you grow up? Where are you from? And, uh, what were you doing before you started social media? Like how long have you actually been doing social media like as your career? Great question. Yeah. So where are you from? Let's see. I'll take it way back. (laughs) So my parents came from Nigeria and what happened was my dad was in, he ended up in Seattle studying at University of Washington. My mom was in Rhode Island. So they're on opposite coasts. And it's Nigerian culture. Every Nigerian knows each other. Someone in, some Nigerian guy in like Texas. Yeah. Calls my dad, hey, yo, I know a woman. I think y'all would be like a great match. Really? Y'all should chat, you know? <laughs> and so they started talking on the phone and then they got connected and then eventually moved to Seattle. So I was born in Seattle. Um, started playing soccer from a young age. So that was my first dream. Oh, okay. To, to go pro in that. And I worked really hard at that. And I ended up getting to play Division One soccer over at Bradley University in Illinois. Mm-hmm. But when I got to college, Injuries, like left and oh. right. I mean, I pulled my hamstring like, the first two weeks of preseason, had a knee surgery, all Dang. kinds of stuff. Yeah. So around my junior year, there's a comedian named Godfrey. Shout out to Godfrey. He came to our school. He's also a first-generation Nigerian-American guy. Cool. And he was telling all these jokes to the, to the school in, in his performance. And it was so relatable. It's like, this is basically my life. Mm-hmm. And everyone's like, Josh, you need to try this. Because I was already, you know, walking around campus just saying crazy stuff anyway. <laughs> so, so what I did was there was a comedy club near campus called Jukebox Comedy Club. And I showed up there. I didn't tell anybody I was going because I'm like, I'm bad. I don't want everybody to watch mm-hmm. me like that. Mm-hmm. So I, wa- I went there and first time was cool, you know, but I caught the bug ever since. So kind of fast forward a little bit. I graduated I, I did stand up a lot, but I also started making YouTube videos. Okay. And that was kind of the beginning of me where I was doing stuff to make people laugh. But a lot of the YouTube videos I was trying to make was a lot of like self-improvement, mm-hmm. self-help. So these two different niches that I was trying to find a way to mm-hmm. merge together. Yeah. So what was when did you first start creating social media content then on YouTube? Like what year? 2015. Okay. Yeah. All right. So soccer was the first dream. Mm-hmm. That kind of dies away in college. You find something new that you're super passionate about, comedy of all things. And you're like, how do I? Well, first of all, I think it's important just to like put a pin in the fact that you like go do something, try something you've never done by yourself. So many people are scared to do that in general. (laughs) Like I actually just did that too. I went, uh, obviously I live in Vegas. I know a lot of poker players here. I went and played, one of my goals the year was to play a poker tournament. And so I went and it was scary to go by yourself. But I always also like, I'm terrible. No one's going to know who I am. Like, I'm going to go under the radar. And, um, but it it was like such a big moment for me, even though it was tiny, because I was like, I that was scary. And I put myself out there and I did something I've never done before. And I just don't think we like, give ourselves enough credit for the people that are willing to actually go and try something new because that's the way you find your passions. Like now you're doing this as a full-time career, including social media and, you know, who, how would have that ever started if you didn't kind of put yourself in that position? Was, what was like, was that even a thought in your mind when you were initially getting started? Like, this is going to be my, my, like my future. Great question. Yeah. I don't even think I knew at first. Yeah. It was kind of, I think I already kind of accepted soccer was not really going to be a thing. So I was in this weird place in life where I didn't know what my identity was. Because mm-hmm. for all my life, I was the athlete. I was a soccer player. This is what I do. Right. 
And then when that's taken away from you, and then you're trying new things that you're not very good at, that's just a difficult process. Absolutely. Right? But to your point, I mean, if you don't try new things, how do you find what your passion is or whatever your true calling is or whatever makes you happy in life? Yeah, absolutely. And it's like you were saying, that identity of like shifting from who I've been and what I've been known for to something completely new. It's that humbling moment where you're like, I've got to be coachable. I've got to like, I'm not going to be the best in the beginning. And that's the thing. Everything's hard until it gets easy. It's hard to put yourself out there. It's hard to like, try and build a skill that you don't have that you're not confident in. But it's also hard. Like it gets easier every time you do it. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 100%. 100%. That's actually one thing that I'll say sports taught me is that like, yeah, in the beginning it's going to be rough. Mm -hmm. Right. But there is that, um, there's this book. What is it? Where they talk about how you do something daily consistently. You're not going to see the change on a day-to-day basis. But that compound effect over time is insane. Mm -hmm. And you look back over a year, you're like, oh my God, I didn't Mm -hmm. know I was actually improved a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can't, I think it was Rich Roll who I recently heard say this, but it might be in a Tony Robbins quote or something. It's like most people underestimate or overestimate what they can do um, in like a month and underestimate what they can do in a year. Mm. Because it's like, we think this, the change and the result needs to come like so, so quickly. But it's like, really, if you put in the consistent work and effort over time, that compound effect absolutely takes over. Because the thing is, the majority of people quit. Yes. <laughs> they quit before that breakthrough. Okay, yeah. You've read, have you read Atomic Habits? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I love when they talk about how he, he used the analogy of boiling water. Mm. And if you're working towards something, I don't remember what the exact temperature is. It's like 38 degrees or something like that, where okay. if you're working towards something as if you're boiling water, a lot of people are quitting so early before the water actually boils. Mm. And they don't realize, they think their their efforts are being wasted. But mm. what they don't realize is, you know, they're quitting like a degree away from boiling point. So all that time you're working and you're not seeing results, it's not wasted energy. It's stored energy. Yeah. Yeah. It's building over time for that breakthrough. Yeah, absolutely. So when you started creating content early on 2015, like did you immediately have success like on the YouTube side of things or has this been, I mean, I know what I've seen you do in the last few years just since I've come across your content, but like give us an idea of what your journey with social media has looked like, I guess. Whew. So <laughs> in 2015, it was not hitting. Yeah. It was, <laughs> I was purely doing this just because I liked it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Nothing was hitting. I remember just like even, (laughs) it's funny, just like sitting in my really small, tiny Chicago apartment, just like, just really believing, but clearly like it just, it wasn't working yet. But kind of like what we were just speaking about, stored energy. There was a period of time where I was starting to think maybe I'm just wasting my time. Like Mm -hmm. none of these videos are really hitting and I didn't really feel like I knew how I wanted to make the videos anyway. I didn't have an identity like that, but it stored energy. All of those reps was preparing me for inevitably, let's say when the new age of social media comes in and short form becomes a thing, I kind of had a lot of reps in the gym, so to speak, to make content in a way that I felt would best suit my voice or the, mm-hmm. or the, the type of voice I wanted to put out there. Yeah. Yeah. Now, did you deal with any like haters like because I know so many people look specifically look at like you and I on social media and I think the stat now is like the number one job that kids want to be when they grow up now is like a YouTuber or in something on social media an influencer of some kind so like I know people whether it's them or their kids or somebody listening like has this I like idealized version of one what it is like to be you to have a you know 11 plus million followers. So we want to talk about the realities of that come with that and how you got to that point and kind of illuminate what that can be like. But um, I'm, a lot of people, I think, stay on the sidelines of their life and don't really get their feet wet, don't get in the game, don't put in the reps in the practice because they're afraid of what people are going to think. They're so afraid of people's opinions and they're like, And I even had it when I first started, like some of my best friends were like, who does Tori think she is? Like, she's trying to be an Instagram influencer cute, you know? And I'm curious, like, did you deal with any naysayers or like, was that something you thought about as you started to become more public with your content and and post consistently? 
Hundred percent. Really? Yeah, I, I would say so. My closest friends I've known for over a decade, they were insanely supportive. So them and my family helped keep me going with yeah. it. Because I mean, I'll even admit when I look at my old, <laughs> cringy, <so> cringe. <laughs> I think that about my content. <laughs> they were awful, but and then there were you know people that maybe they're more acquaintances who sure. you, I hear some things through the grapevine, of course. Yeah, and they're like, who does he think he is? What is he doing? But. I think having a solid support system that at least encouraged me, hey, keep going, keep going, keep going. And they saw what I saw. That was really helpful. And I mean, there's no way to be anything in this world without having anybody say anything. I think if whether one stays on the sidelines, someone's going to have an opinion. And if you hop in and play in the game, they're going to have an opinion. Mm -hmm. So might as well just do what makes you happy. Yeah. Yeah. I always heard if people aren't talking about you, you're really not doing much on some level, you know, and I, I've had to check in with myself um, at times and be like, what the best thing I can do is just be myself. Mm -hmm. And like, if I like myself, that's really the only approval that really matters. Like I even took my clients through this where I was like, I think Brene Brown started it, but she was like, draw a, um, like a square or box on a piece of paper. And she was like, inside of it, write all of the names of people whose opinions actually matter to you. Mm. Like really. And then if it's not some, and for me, it was like two or three people. It wasn't a ton of people. Like, that your opinion would actually impact how I choose to show up in the world, potentially. Like I take your opinion that seriously that I would stop and consider and maybe rethink or get a new perspective. And I think that's an important thing for people to like hear and think about because how often do we let, you know, acquaintances or people we don't even know, especially people on that just have like to be bots online and like leave comments, impact how we view ourselves and maybe how much we're, willing to show up and like put ourselves out there because we're concerned about what people think. Mm -hmm. And yeah, and I mean, I don't think if anyone's actually going out there and hating on people, I feel bad because I just don't imagine someone who's actually happy in life going out of their way to do that. I remember Mm -hmm. one time I made a video, just such a helpful video, just about like, hey, try this to hopefully help you, you know, fall asleep faster. I love that video. Right? It's the 478 or something. The, yeah, was yeah, it yeah. the breathing one? Yeah, yeah. there's that. And I, I tried to find other ones that, that I've, yeah. I've tried and it's helped me out. And I remember I saw one comment that was just like, there's just like a paragraph where they're just hating on me, right? <laughs> and I'm looking at this like, this is just such a genuinely helpful video. So I wrote back as a, hey, I, I hope all is well. Mm. I don't really know where this is coming from, but yeah. I genuinely hope everything is well. And this person writes me back a massive like paragraph saying, honestly, just been going through like a really rough month. Oh, wow. I just kind of felt like taking it out on you and blah, blah, blah. Like just open up about all this stuff. And I'm like, see, the, sometimes it's it's not even about us. They just need somewhere to project some of what they're going through. On. Yeah, it's like a release of energy in that they just like need to get out. Yeah. And oftentimes it's not, you know, um, it's not funneled in a positive way, unfortunately. And sometimes a lot of, you know, online creators can be the butt of someone's unreleased and unprocessed emotions, but it's true. And I think the way that you handled that is perfect in the sense that it's just like, you really never know what people are going through, Mm -hmm. honestly. Um, I'm curious though, as you started to, to, when, when did like things start to click for you in terms of your, your, your growth on social media and how, like, was there a time when you were like, oh, things have just taken a turn and now this is actually, like maybe this is going to work for me. Was, when was that in your, in your journey? Great question. I would say, yeah, I think there was a period of time where it felt like, oh wow, I'm seeing just more of a wave of like everything in terms of likes, comments, engagement, views, like more opinions. Mm-hmm. And it started to click like, oh, wow, th- this is actually, you start to kind of feel the the algorithm, so to speak. Mm-hmm. When the algorithm is moving for you, it's like, whoa, it can be overwhelming sometimes. It's like the momentum. It's like yeah. this wave of momentum that just like, I remember when I experienced that for the first time. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, sometimes it's, it can even be a little scary because you're, you're kind of at mercy to the algorithm. You don't know how far it'll go. 
to who it'll be sent to, mm -hmm. what the response will be. And you're kind of out of control at that point. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it was in that that kind of time period, like 2020. Mm -hmm. So on TikTok. Yeah. Okay. Where I was like, okay, maybe like I could actually turn this into some kind of a career. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I remember one day waking up. This was uh, during… so. Josh and I, I think you participated in this. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I was I started something called the Creator Learning Fund, where the first thing I was like asked to do is create 40 videos on TikTok. I've never publicly like talked about this, about how I got started, um, but like I was paid like fifteen hundred dollars to because this was the height of COVID, where it was people were they were wanting more like to switch TikTok from more of a kids dancing platform to be more create like have content for all users because we were in the middle of covid and they were like we need to educate people people are at home they need content and so i was brought on as like a motive in the motivation niche and um it was in that period where i was posting every day that at one and given my background in social media was like minimal growth on Instagram. Like I had just only started using Instagram for my business like a couple months before. And I um, woke up and had like my first viral video. And that was an interesting, yeah. you know, thing to, to experience. And then I remember growing to like 100,000 followers in the first like, in like a week. It happened very quickly. And thinking, like what is happening? Like yeah. uh, this overwhelming sense of excitement, but also like how is this a is this a fluke? And all of the thoughts and like what do I do now? There are people that know who I am, right? And and that was on such a small scale. But I'm curious, like as you had this wave of momentum and your content was being blasted out to millions of people at this point, what was going through your mind and? how did you start to formulate your online persona, like in your identity and the way you create content during that process? Because I know for me, it's been a lot of trial and error. And I'm curious for you, like, was this something that was changing every single day? Were you trying a lot of different types of content or have you always kind of known who you wanted to be and how you wanted to show up? Take us through that. Yeah. So I'll say that I kind of got fortunate in that I kind of already knew what my identity was going to be mm -hmm. just because of making like 150 YouTube videos that didn't really work. Yeah. <laughs> I still kind of knew, okay, this is this is what I'm I care about a yeah. lot. Yeah. So I knew that that was eventually going to be my destination. But when mm -hmm. I was making content on TikTok, I mean, I was just throwing random. I was trying to do some of the memes and trends yeah. and stuff. Um, and it got to a point where. I decided to fully embrace that. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I haven't really done many of the trends. It was mostly just, this is what I think about this, this is what I think about that. And I, so I think that experience on YouTube first helped me kind of discover and kind of fail in relative obscurity, mm -hmm. so, so to speak, mm -hmm. um, and find my voice. And I think that gave me a bit of an advantage in terms of knowing where to take my brand. Yeah. What advice do you have people who are creators or they're like looking up to you, obviously, as somebody who's who's really made it in the space and made a name for yourself. What do you say to somebody who's trying to find kind of their online presence and identity and who they want to be and how they want to show up? Because I know there's so many people that are in that stage of, I'm just throwing spaghetti against a wall to see mm -hmm. what sticks. And maybe their perspective is, I'm just trying to go viral or like, I'm just, I want to be this thing. Was that always in the back of your mind or were you doing it to because you liked it and because you, or was it because you were actually trying to get to some end goal? That's one question. And then what advice do you have to somebody who's like kind of trying to find their voice? Yeah. So for the first question, I definitely wasn't seeking virality at yeah. first because it, it got to a point where I was like, I don't care about doing the trends. So I was just making general videos on like, yeah. talk about friendships, talking about goal setting, that type of thing, which in my mind at the time, I was like, I don't, I don't know if this will take off. It sure. seems like what goes viral is like the dance. And right. Stuff. Um, but, um, and then for, for the second question, the advice I would give is I'll do multiple things. So first I would just ask people you really, who you feel really know you, what do they think you're good at? Because mm -hmm. sometimes they might see some things in you that you don't see in yourself. Mm -hmm. um, and I've had people say to me, Josh, I feel like you, you give pretty good advice. Like whenever I ask you questions, like you give me some stuff that actually helps. So I would ask people close to you. 
Number two, I would literally sit down and write down on a piece of paper, like, what do you genuinely like? Mm -hmm. What is something you could talk about without getting paid for it, but just because you love to talk about it? Yeah. Because when that's sorted out, then it's going to make the whole monetizing thing later a lot easier. And then the third thing I would say is, don't be afraid to try stuff. Mm. Um, I've had people ask me for advice on that specifically. And I'm a big, there are multiple periods of time where I would, like I would open up like a Google Drive sheet and I would write down like maybe five different types of videos and I'll just throw them all up there. And the ones that bomb, I might just get rid of them. But then there might be a couple new things that I tried that actually worked mm-hmm. and I can run with that. So the only real way to find that success is to not be afraid to fail and just throw stuff out there. Yeah, definitely. I think that's really good advice. And in terms of your process, like I'm curious, are you a type of creator that like, creates on the fly and when you're inspired or do you have like time when you sit down and strategize like and you come up with content ideas because I know everybody has their own way of doing things but it sounds like you have some sort of process and I'm curious what that looks like for you yeah it's it's kind of all over the place <laughs> I so I I would say a lot of my most successful videos came from me just walking around it's kind of the same way I try to write stand-up material I kind of I'll write an idea down, but then I'll just walk around and talk it out. And and it comes out more conversational that way. And mm-hmm. I've a lot of my videos too will have skits. And I've written entire skits just by talking it out mm-hmm. instead of writing it. So I tend to make videos too, like on the day. Mm-hmm. I, I need to be more organized with it. I am the same <laughs> <You know>? way. <laughs> it's just, it's it, it is stressful to get up every day and be like, all right, well, what, what, are we, what are we creating today? Um, and I, I would say I'm probably going to be way more efficient if I batch record. But sure. if I'm being completely truthful, it's mostly on the day. What do I feel like making? Mm-hmm. And then I try to create something how based on how I'm feeling in the moment. Yeah, I'm too. And I don't know if that's always the best advice, but it's honest. Because for me, there was just this resistance that I would experience every time I tr- it felt forced. It was mm-hmm. like, okay, I have to create a video. And it has like I need to think about all of this stuff ahead of time. I think I always wanted to lean on the air of like, what what am I feeling inspired by right now? And speak from that place instead of like trying to have and curate the perfect video. And everybody has their own process. So that's why I was curious. Like yeah. if you're if you're one of those that's very methodical and like I wish thinking about, okay, this is how I'm gonna do a hook and this is the topic. And I've looked up all these keywords, you know, like some creators go ham with it. So yeah, I wish I was. It, it would probably help too. Who knows? But uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I wish I was. Yeah. What is your relationship like to social media outside of your work? I'm curious, like how do you balance being on your phone and just like also being like living your life? I'm curious, like if there's, if you have any certain tips or with how to balance, like being a content creator and like not being completely completely consumed by your phone 24-7. Yeah, I would say compared to maybe, yeah, I mean, a lot of other influencers I know, I'm very, like, I keep it pretty separate. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've been told I need to post more Instagram stories, you know, but for me, it's it helps keep me sane where I'm not so in my phone. Yeah. So typically when I post my content and I do what I got to do, I'm kind of off mm-hmm. social media. Yeah. And it, it really helps me stay sane and to kind of, balance everything. Whereas, I mean, yeah, I see some people where it's 24-7. And if it works for them. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
works for them. It doesn't really work for me. Same. So I know I, I tend to do the same thing too. It's just like when I'm on social media, it's typically work related. Mm-hmm. Like I don't spend a ton of time um, on it outside of that, but it definitely it has seasons, I guess. It depends. Um, you mentioned like your, your identity online is really this mix of personal development, life advice, life hacks, tips, and comedy which I love and I don't see a ton of people doing. Where did your love for personal development come from? I would say it definitely came from sports. Okay. Sports taught me early on. I remember when I was even in like middle school where I would like after school, because I was in the suburbs, so I had access to a lot of places or grass fields where I could practice. Mm -hmm. I would like, I remember I had $10, bought some cones from Target. And I would, after school, I would practice by myself. And that taught me from a young age that if you work at something, incrementally over a long period of time, you'll see results. And it was like one of my first introductions to the concept of self-improvement in every aspect of life. Mm -hmm. And I think that was kind of the gateway toward me being interested in, okay, well, outside of sports, how does this apply to life? Mm -hmm. And yeah, I I would, yeah, I would say sports was what kind of led me into it. Cool. What is your, what is your like, um, what are your favorite or who are your favorite teachers or books in terms of personal development like that you would recommend to people? Yeah. So I got the <laughs> same, but so, okay. The first book I read was, it was called The Magic Ladders, La- Magic Ladder of Success okay. um, by Napoleon Hill. And then um, I love the the book, The Alchemist. Oh. That's one of my all-time favorites. Yeah. That it's one's, a must read. Argh. Yeah. <laughs> um, I also love Seven Spiritual Laws of, of Success, mm-hmm. Deepak Chopra. Mm-hmm. Particularly, I love his, his the law of giving and receiving and how important it is as you find success in life to give to the next person and let it flow through you yeah. and have an abundance mindset. Um, those are three big ones. Yeah, um, yeah I love Atomic Habits. We spoke about yeah. There's so many great so books. Many good books. Yeah. So many good books. Well, it's interesting. I What I love about your um, your content, and I feel this way about my own work too, is like in order to continue to have content to share, I have to continue to do work on myself. Yes, yes. <laughs> do you find that? 100%. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's It's… <laughs> It's true because there was a period of time where I was like, all right, I've exhausted everything I currently know. So if I need to keep making content, I need to like read books and learn things. I was just listening to a podcast on the way to Vegas and uh-huh. I was like, ooh, those are, I can make a couple of videos on that. That's, but that's, that's the process to keep educating oneself. Yeah, definitely. Um, do you have a preferred way that you like get new information? Is it books? Is it pod? Like, do you listen to a lot of podcasts or, or do you like have certain speakers that you listen to? Like what? What do you jam out on? I'm yeah, sure. so it's it's all over. So yeah. for example, like my TikTok feeds are typically self-improvement. Yeah. So I always learn something new that way. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll, I'm a big fan of just popping up like a random YouTube documentary. Yeah, or Same. Yeah, or Netflix Same. or audiobooks are big, yeah. podcasts. So I mean, I'm kind of a self-improvement junkie and yeah. all that. So I'm always learning something new in some way, shape or form. Yeah, definitely. Me too. It's, it's funny because I'm like… I can feel when my content gets stale or mm-hmm. like when I'm just regurgitating something that like I've heard before or not just something that I've heard from someone else, but like, like you said, I've, I've shared what I know and I need to continue to like learn and then apply mm-hmm. this new information. Cause I saw there was actually a video of yours talking about actually applying what you know, like knowledge is empower. It's like, like all about application. So I'm like, it keeps me accountable sort of in my life and in my own development because I'm like, I can't ask these people to do something I'm yeah. not doing myself. You 100%. Know? 100%. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So talk about comedy a little bit. Like who are your favorite comedians? Oh, so one comedian, he might be my favorite, Hannibal Burris. He's not really making or doing comedy right now. He's kind of jumping into the, the music space. Oh, cool. But I started comedy in Chicago and he was a guy that he came through Chicago first. So he was one of the first people that I was introduced to in the Chicago comedy scene. And I mean, his humor is just great. He, yeah. would, he would make jokes about the most random things. Like it could be like pickle juice for oh, crying out loud. I love pickle juice. You're right? <laughs> yes. So that was one of my, and my, my style of humor has like goofy elements too. So okay. I, I like, he was definitely one of my, my bigger inspirations. Cool. Cool. There's always good comedy coming through Vegas. Matt Reif. Do you know who he is? Oh, yeah. He's what do you killing think of Matt? It. He's great. He's yeah. killing it. And he's been, he's a guy who'd been going for over a decade. And it's only recently through 
TikTok that everything finally opened through for him. So that's another example of just like going at something on a daily basis until you finally hit that boiling point. Yeah, staying committed to the process and like what you love and also just like continuing to innovate. I love watching his content. He's doing, I know, his first like world tour or something. He's coming through Vegas. I wasn't able to get tickets. I was trying to get tickets. They were like sold Sold out so quick, which is amazing. And I saw something on your Instagram recently that you sold out a comedy show in Iceland. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We went to Iceland last year and we're like, why don't we do some comedy? And I, I made, I did make a few posts on like Instagram and everything. And yeah. Because when we were in Iceland, I was, so this was actually the first moment where I actually felt kind of how far social media stretches because when we were in Iceland, there were multiple people in Iceland. Josh, Josh, huge fan, huge fan. And I'm like, what? This is Iceland. And, right. You know, and this was like, you know, right at, this is my first actual trip since the pandemic had mm-hmm. like kind of came and somewhat went. So it was weird to kind of experience that. Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, a lot of people showed up. It was a great show. And I was like, I think I want to do, be kind of like what Matt Reif is doing, right? Just like go on some kind of tour, meet mm-hmm. more people in person and that type mm-hmm. of thing. I mean, there's plenty of content to be made from yes. something like that. I think you should do it. Yeah. Absolutely. That would be so fun. And I think you're, that's the thing. It's just like call on your audience, like give them the opportunity to say yes. They're not going to, if they, if it doesn't exist, they can't come support. Right. You know? So I'm saying, I think you should go for it. Yeah. Um, That's so fun. So when it comes to uh, like seeing how far like, social media actually stretches. I'm curious, do you have any crazy stories about people you've met or people that have recognized? Like, do you get recognized a lot when you're, you're just out and about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, yeah, it's, and it's funny too because it's either they'll come up and say hi or you could just see like, like you'd be chilling, <laughs> like I'll be chilling. I've seen this at the gym too. I'll just be hanging out yeah. and then someone will just kind of be like, then they'll watch them take out their phone. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's me, man. Like, I knew it. Oh my God. But yeah, it's, it's cool. It's, it's often, I I like meeting people and everything. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's not too much of a, I like it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think it could go one of two ways. Cause sometimes you never know how big it's going to get, you Mm -hmm. know, you, you continue to do what you're good at. You continue to do what you do for a, a career, but like, it's on a world stage, you know, really like ever, there's so many people that are watching. And, um, so I, I don't know that everybody who gets to the point that you get at is act, actually is like, I'm signing up for this. I'm signing up for a love of like a life of being like a public figure. Cause now you're in the, you're part of the media and you're a public figure for so many people. I was just curious. Yeah. Like how it was for you. Cause it would be tough if that was like, no, you don't want to live a life in the like spotlight and publicity. It can be challenging to navigate. I'm sure. Yeah. Well, to your point, right. It's you can't really control how much it scales. So I'm sure it, I'll say you this. You get out of hand real quick. Right. Like, like, I was just doing this for fun and now I'm famous. Right. Like I've seen, I've seen, I mean, you take like the, the hyper famous people, like mm. the Justin Bieber's or Drake's or whatever yeah. of the world. And just looking at them, I mean, they can't even go to the grocery store. Yeah. Like, I love the grocery store. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. yeah. I mean, at that point, it'd probably get a little bit cumbersome. But. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It would be tough. I'm curious, like, what do you think are the biggest misconceptions about, that people have about, like, you or your life or your lifestyle? Or just given the sheer amount of success that you've had, like, what do you think are bi- misconceptions either people have about you and what it you are like or just what it's like to be an influencer celebrity on this level like you are so yeah definitely it's that they think being an influencer typically involves surface level content that's probably not having a net positive result Uh it's a lot of sensationalized stuff whether it hurts people or not just done to make views or or maybe even you know it's like all this, all the, the stereotypes, right? Like the the influencer who's not really paying attention to the people they're with and just like trying to, you know, take pictures the whole time. Yeah. And um, fortunately, and, and, you know, we're in this space. I mean, I think we're, we're both symbols or examples of, you know, in TikTok or Instagram Reels or any social media platform, there's really valuable content out there. Mm-hmm. And I've heard a lot of people who don't know a lot about the space. They say, oh, it's all trash. It's all mindless. No, there's actually really valuable content. I've learned so many great life lessons. Yeah. 
Yeah, there really is. I mean, and how many people are now part, it's like part of the news of like what's happening, current events too. Mm -hmm. Like part of, part of creators now are just like getting so involved with just like what's, what's happening in real time and garnering huge followings or just utilizing their followings to like get information to people, which is crazy. Yeah. Um, I totally agree. What are you working on right now? Like that you're excited about it? Like what's, is there any projects that you're currently working on? I know you were mentioning possibly like flirting with the idea of doing a, a tour for comedy, but is there anything that's like currently new in your world? Yeah. I mean, I got a few things I'm playing around with. Yeah. Uh, so I've been writing a lot of scripts mm -hmm. for like potential TV shows and that type of thing. And I'm also thinking of, I've been thinking of a, a concept for what would be my first special, my mm -hmm. first stand-up special. Mm -hmm. And I, th I think it wants to, I think I want it to be around mental health and like that type of thing. Yeah. Um, and I've been thinking about doing a lot of travel, potentially going to Europe for a period of time and, and being in an environment that will change me as a person, mm -hmm. which would change the art. Um, and then, yeah, outside of that, I mean, I'm, I'm open to everything at this point. I'm just, I'm, it's a season of yes. So yes. I yeah. love that. So I had our team pull something because I saw something recently that you posted on your social media. Um, if we could pull that up, it's it's a photo of you in oh, New York City. Oh, yes. Yes. This is a photo of Josh in New York. A massive photo of your face. <laughs> I'm curious, like what was this? What did, Where did this come from? What was the reason behind it? And what was that moment like? Yeah, so... So it was, shout out to the Carrot team. So Carrot is a company that provides financial services for creators. And um, one of the founders, shout out to Eric, um, he, they live in, uh, in LA and, you know, just through like being friends and um, hanging out. Yeah. Um, I think at one point they, they had like a little get together at their place and I, I stayed after, helped clean up and everything. And, you know, I never asked for anything. I just, just trying to be a, a genuine person. And yeah. he just kind of out of nowhere just offered and said, hey man, like, would you be open? Like, I can do that for mm -hmm. you. That'd be really cool. And I was like, oh, awesome. And I think that's just an example of, because um, I think in LA, there's a lot of, there's a lot of like, you know, people trying to social climb or how do I get this and that from the next person. But I yeah. think it's, it's sometimes refreshing to be a person who's like, hey, I'm interested in actually getting to know you genuinely. Yeah. Um, and being the, putting out the energy you want to receive mm -hmm. in the world. Well, it goes back to what you were saying was one of your favorite kind of spiritual laws of success mm. from Deepak, which is about giving and receiving. Yeah. 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 Just like the energy from which you show up and that you emanate just like joy and goodness. And like, you're just there to support, not what you can get out of something. What can, what can you give? How can you be of value? Even if it's just with your presence or your attention or your time or whatever, it's how much that ends up coming back full circle to you. I've experienced it so many times. One of my mentors who's been on the show and records here, uh, he always says, be more interested than interesting. Mm. Like everyone is going to sit down with you and think you're interesting, obviously. But they expect, I think people, especially with large followings to, and I think it's probably, they're used to it. Everyone's interested in them. Everyone's, they can be like, oh, I'm a very interesting person. Right. You know what I mean? Everyone wants to talk to me and get to know me. But if you go into conversations and you're like, you're curious about the other person, you're like, hey, tell me about you. Tell me more. I want to know. Like, there's immediate like rapport and connection. And I think people want to give back to you. It's like, I, I started this like tiny little fun thing. I started creating stickers a couple months ago. Back when I first started going to music festivals, came out to Vegas and started going to music festivals. <laughs> and I'd never done that before. But I started creating these little stickers that said different sayings on them. And what I found is every time I would give something to them, even if it was tiny, a tiny little sticker, people immediately wanted to do something in return. Mm. They wanted to give something back to you. And so they would look for like anything they could give. And in the, in the festival scene, there's this whole idea about plur. And so we share like candy, like the, these like arm bracelets back and forth. So you give one away and somebody gives one to you. But that concept is, is one where I think it, it ripples and affects every area of our life, which is really like, what is something small I can do for you? And people want to return the favor. They want to see like you succeed because you've made some kind of impact on them has been my experience. So that's cool. 100% law of reciprocity. Yeah, I made absolutely. a video on that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, it's great. I mean, yeah, it's, 
it's just creating an environment. I mean, if, if everybody is giving and everybody is seeking out the best interests of each other, that's just an amazing society. Yeah, I want to live in that. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, what do you hope that people take away from your content? Like, what's your message like that you want people to to hear like and be inspired by? Like, ultimately, why, like, what what's that thing that you hope people take away? Yeah, well, I mean, my mission is to, you know, create content that leaves a positive impact on the next generation, mm -hmm. even though anybody can connect with my content. And so I hope that anybody who sees my videos can see that. I mean, it doesn't take a lot to get started. And none of us are perfect either. I think sometimes there's content out there where there's people who present themselves in a way that's like, I have zero flaws. Yeah. Um, but I hope people, if they come to my content, they can see that, hey, look, like, None of us are perfect. It doesn't take a lot to get started. And we're all a work in progress. Yeah. Every single one of us is working on something where none of us are perfect. Yeah. Yeah. I completely agree. And I think that's that's definitely what I get from your from your content. I always leave inspired and like laughing and and but also like learning something. And it's I think we underestimate the importance and the impact of how many people are better for that that little piece of content that we think it, ultimately might have taken you only a few minutes to create. But genuinely, I think it might be the first time someone's ever heard that, that mm. thing, that tip, that piece of advice, that perspective. And it's easy to forget that when it's some, it's a part of the culture that we're part of, right? Like we talk about personal development all day. I hang out with people that speak the language of self-growth and are working on themselves and are in therapy and doing like are aware of their mental health, right? But I think sometimes it's easy to lose sight of the fact that someone somewhere might be hearing that thing for the first time. Mm -hmm. You know, it's so n elementary maybe to you or to, to me, but it's like, that could be life-changing for someone else. 100%. Even just to piggyback off of that, it's why it's important sometimes to be like reposting content. I think from a content creator perspective, um, a lot of us feel like we have to have a brand new piece of art every day. Yeah. But sometimes if a message is really powerful, like throw it up there again. Cause like, like what you said, there's going to be someone out there. It's, it's their first time mm -hmm. consuming it mm -hmm. and it could change their life. Mm -hmm. Have what's been like, I saw you were at a vanity fair event recently. Oh, yeah. How was that? I'm curious if there's like any standout events or experiences that you've been able to participate in as a result of kind of the success you've had as an influencer? Yeah, a lot of, yeah, a lot of events like that. Um, so I remember when I went to the the SAG Awards, um, shout out to Caleb McLaughlin uh, from Stranger Things. Yeah. I remember when I, I had ran show. into him and he was like, dude, I love your videos. I was like, you've seen my content? <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah. You know, that it, it was moments like that, that. That's like, oh, wow. Okay. This is cool. Um, and, it, so and it's cool. crazy to think about how far social media can reach mm -hmm. and that and this is going to kind of transition to another thing where um, when it comes to views or engagement, like even if a video tanks, so to speak, it's still reaching a human being yeah, and it's still influencing them. So it's important to not always get super caught up in, ah, oh, this video didn't hit whatever I wanted it to hit. Mm -hmm. What matters is, is this something you're proud of? And there's going to be someone out there. It could be their favorite piece of content. Yeah, it's so true. I think it's, um, there's a YouTube channel called After School. Um, if you've ever heard of it, they do illustrations of like personal development talks, basically. So yeah. it's like a, for instance, uh, I, I'm thinking specifically of this one by Alan Watts. And then as Alan Watts is talking, the YouTube channel like does the, like illustrates what he's saying, basically. So it's really, it's really cool to watch. Um, and he talks about uh, in that video, it's all about what happens when you only pursue pleasure mm. and that it ultimately ends up in a pursuit of pain. But to your, like what we were just talking about, I think that like someone, if you have an interest in something, there's someone else that also has an interest in that thing. So there's always going to be some audience for your content because if you're interested in it there are other people that are also interested in it so it, it shouldn't be a deterrent that is like oh even if this is a niche piece of content or it doesn't pop off like that it's like but somebody somewhere like you said it could be their favorite thing um so I think that's important to keep in mind when you're just when you're creating in general that it's like 
actually, the more you are specific about who you're speaking to, the better. I had a mentor once say like diluted focus gets you diluted results. And so often in my content, I think originally I was just trying to speak to everybody. I was like trying to have such a broad lens that I was like trying to make everyone like me and wanted everyone to hear the message. And I'm like, actually, I'm talking to a very specific person. And the person I'm best equipped to speak to and like talk to is like who I used to be. Mm. Okay. So I think about that a lot when I create content now. It's like I'm yeah. speaking to a younger version of me. Yeah. And you know, to add on to that, because you just reminded me of, I know we spoke about like social media tips before, but mm-hmm. kind of related to that, I think people should also, if they're looking to find whatever their niche is, is to think about like in their consumption of social media, what are they feeling like, like I, I can't find this anywhere and then be that. Mm. Because like what you said, if you're interested in it, there's someone else interested. Yeah. There's someone else out there is like, why aren't I getting this stuff either? Exactly. That's such a good point because I often will say like, what, like pay attention to the type of content you consume. Like, why do you like it? Yeah. What is about that that keeps you engaged? And why are those TikTokers your favorite TikTokers or YouTubers? Like that also is giving you feedback information about what, like create what you also enjoy, like Mm -hmm. consuming. Because why would I create content I wouldn't want to consume myself? You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's, it's funny. You just remind me of another thing where I've met people where they're like, they'll make content, but then they, in a weird way that like, it's kind of an unfortunate thing, but they'll say, oh, I don't like my my audience or something. Like they'll meet their fans in person or something. And that always confused me because it's like, your vibe attracts your tribe. Right. It's like you, you're attracting what you're putting out. So if you're making something that you genuinely care about, you're attracting people who are interested in that same thing. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, Cool. This is awesome. I'm excited for everything you're, you've got going on. Like, can you tell people if they're crazy enough not to be following you already, where you are on social media and how they can find you. Yes. So uh, you can find me on TikTok at Josh Otusanya, O-T-U-S-A-N-Y-A. Instagram, Josh dot Otusanya, O-T-U-S-A-N-Y-A. YouTube, same thing. And yeah, everywhere. Just Google. Yeah, Google him. He's out there. We're going to put all that in the show notes for you guys. Do yourself a favor. If you're trying to get better at life, you want to follow this guy. He gives you a ton of great tips, things you can actually implement into your life, helps you get a different, bigger, brighter perspective. Because here at the Coachable Podcast, we're all about building lives that feel as good as they look. We bring on some of the best experts in the game to help you level up in life and business. And this guy is one of them. Thank Thank you you so much for being here. This is a a super fun treat to have you in Vegas. And, uh, just excited to see what's next for you, my friend. Like, I really feel like this is just the beginning and you're just getting started. So I'm excited to see what's next. Thank you for having me. This is amazing. Yeah, you're welcome. Back anytime. Until ooh, until next week, you guys, <laughs> go be coachable. I hope that you will share this with a friend. Leave us a rating and review. If you did find value in this, that's one of the best ways you can say thank you. Until next week, we'll see you next week on the Coachable Podcast.